Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me all the way from the Netherlands is my good friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm fine. I'm in. I'm looking out at the rain, listening to birdsong and yeah, getting ready for the energy water. It's very exciting. <laughs> awesome. So um, bear with us because we're trying uh, something a little bit different this week because Sarah is traveling um, and through the magic of the internet, we're, we're using um, Skype over Sarah's phone. So um, if she sounds a little <laughs> it may different, not work. that's why. And if it all goes to shit, that's also why. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we hope it won't yeah it probably won't and flanders was so good that we had to try so yeah and to be fair, it's better than the english language flanders commentary <laughs> <laughs> which is cruel but um but also kind of hilarious so yeah flanders look there was a lot to to love on uh, on sunday sarah what what was your favorite thing um, oh, what was my favourite thing? I think, I mean, so, uh, if you watched the women's Ronde van Vlaanderen, the World Cup, the fifth round of the World Cup, the 13th time the women have raced Flanders, though it was the 100th episode for the men. Um, I think getting to see it, I mean, oh my God, Dan, I, I spent the whole day with jangling nerves, having massive anxiety attacks with Refresh. But if people want to see the full coverage that was on sports, uh, that's um, made its way onto the internet through the power mm. of of um people doing things they probably shouldn't um and it's and just getting to have um, that through the power of democratic processes of people yes, taking yes, things into their speech. own hands yeah yes stuff like through the that. power of freedom of speech and yeah. um yeah. and cooperation and community the power of community um robin hood of the internet has set it up um and and just getting to see it was glorious i mean i i, I find it really hard because the race was amazing what did you like best? Yeah, look, uh, same thing. Like, I had an absolute nightmare of a time with feeds. You know, I was telling all my friends, like, even my non-cycling friends were kind of picking up on the excitement coming into the week because, you know, to get this race of all races live is just amazing and basically a dream come true and so when we hit the time and the the feed wasn't working and like for you it was it i, I remember because we were talking um it worked fine and here we could get audio but no pictures and when i say here i mean australian t cycling twitter was sort of losing its shit going i can hear backgrounds of helicopters and can't see anything and yeah but but you didn't get the commentary because this is Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Oh, sorry. Um, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I wound up scrounging around for, Ill, well, basically illegitimate feeds. You know, like we have back in in previous years as cycling fans. Um, you know, just to just to try and see it, which was a, a bittersweet sort of moment because you know when organizers have gone to the effort of getting legitimate channels, like I really want to support those, but at the same time seeing the fucking things more important and yeah. and being able to see it was so so good so good and i mean i i think i know when i look at flanders the profile they had they start off with like 47 kilometers of of basically positioning jostling and stuff but when once they start hitting the climbs 10 climbs six major sets of cobbles with some unofficial cobbles thrown in mm. just for good measure but once they start they pretty much have these like the, like little clumps of, of climbs and there's only about two or three spots where there's more than 10 kilometers without a major cobbles or without a climb so it's i mean that 
I mean, I love the kind of Valkenberg, Canarieberg, um, Capodai section. But at the end, when you hit, I mean, just being able to watch them hit Aldequaramont and Passaberg so close together. And of yeah. course, I've seen it on the men's race, but it was just amazing to watch that in real time. Oh, absolutely. And and just to, you know, the, the kinds of things that we often talk about that, that are difficult to capture in highlights um, and stuff is, you know, those moments when, when significant things happen in the race. And, and, you know, which, of course, is exactly why you watch a sport like cycling is to, is to see that because no one can predict when it will happen. You've got, you know, moments mm. on the course where or, or areas on the course, sections on the course where you can expect things will happen, but you can't be sure that's the moment. And um you know so so being able to see those sort of things was just such a defining thing and then you know coincidentally it also happened to be a really fucking great addition with a an awesome awesome finale yeah it was interesting when we talked about it's funny when i landed in the netherlands yesterday i suddenly realized that i've been talking all spring about it's been too good weather (laughs) yeah yeah it's been too good weather because, you know, all the big, really big names of riding. Someone asked me on Twitter, do you think the riders know that you just want it to be hell? But I'm, I'm like, it's OK. It's OK because the really big names want it to be rainy and windy yeah. and horrible. Yeah. And like, trust like, me, so that's OK. They all know it, too. <laughs> like... Yeah. So it has been. So it was kind of uncharacteristically sunny. And I think that I think that did affect the race because it stayed together for a lot longer than it did, has done the last couple of years. Oh, like I think yeah. um, Ellen Van Dyke went on the Capodai. Uh, when she won in 2013 and um Elisa Borghini uh went on went with 35k to go yeah last year so it was very very interesting because I mean and when I say, and this is funny too though because when I say it stayed together what I mean is there were 20 riders in the front <laughs> yeah well and, and and that's the other thing that we always talk about particularly with these kind of races is that it is just you know slaughter off the back I mean we had what was it 175 riders start the race or something like that crazy numbers and, crazy numbers yeah and so you know by by the the Katarai, we we've got um what uh, a total of 70 women still on the course basically um yeah you know and and uh, yeah coverage well video started around about them um and yeah as yeah. you say we 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 get through and there's like just basically this main group of 20 at the front and you know for you know as we join it that that this is where it's all going to happen so yeah, I mean that's a funny thing, isn't it? Because when they get to Valkenberg, the Valken, that that little, that little Valkenberg section, they've it's the fifth climb, and they've got um, oh, did I say Caparo was in there before? Yes, I probably did. Sorry, but they got um, Valken, you know, the the, the the Valkenberg is the fifth fifth climb, and that was where they've dropped like a hundred riders already. Yeah. and so it's really interesting because everyone's because whenever you look at uh, women's races on Twitter and men's races too, I guess when they say the pelotons all together, they don't mean that. They mean there is a big bunch at the front. They, you know, because there's yeah, always yeah. there's people. There were people being shed in the first ten kilometers, and and when you've got such, they had thirty teams there, and I kind of feel like to be honest i could have easily dropped five teams from that race um i people were saying it's nice to have experience of the of ronda van vlaanderen but i think it's i'm not entirely sure what i think about having right you know whole teams where they're just not going to contribute to the race they're not going to do anything except hang on i kind of feel like well we've got lots of point two races and point one races where you can experience it i kind of feel like flanders should be for the you know for the for the for you know 
uh, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, it, it I, I get what you're saying. Good. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I feel the same way. I mean, I to be perfectly honest, I haven't given a, a, a great deal of thought. Um, you know, I mean, I, I get what you mean about about um, you know teams that that you know. I mean, there's it's not so much a, a matter of politeness, but like they're just not at that level. They're not at that skill level. Mm. They're not at that experience level. Um, on the one hand, on the other hand, I don't know. I I think there is something nice about starting with uh, a similarly sized peloton to to the men's side of of things too. I guess I yeah I don't know. I mean, I guess it's one of those sort of judgment call things, really, isn't it? Like you could make it really strong arguments either way. Um, at the end of the day, I guess it's down to what the organisers feel. You know, they can they can adequately manage and puts on the best event. Yeah. 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 So they drop they they shed 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 shed. I mean, if you've made it, like the race really only starts at that after the feeding after the feed zone. The first like uh, fifty sixty kilometers are just about survival. You know, attrition, yeah. survival, staying at the front, not crashing. Um, yeah. Well, and as Mariah Tavries has has told us previously, you know, it's it's down to your knowledge of the course too. You know, it's that it's that it's that kind of arcane knowledge of okay, we're coming up to this T intersection where the race turns left, but you've got to be in the first sort of 30 riders because we go from a wide road to a really narrow road and, mm. and it bottlenecks really badly and if you're not there you're going to get squeezed off the edge and and stuff or we're coming yeah. up this climb and you know like carly taylor i can't remember which climb it was but there was one where she basically got gutted and um and you know ran out of room and and had to stop and that meant she had to unclip, which meant she had to run partway up one of the climbs, you know. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's positioning. It's positioning, yeah. positioning, positioning, positioning. And that's that's the thing that's beautiful about it. It's I, I think I, I think both my I spoke to Martin Brass and Luce Hunawake about this race at the start of the year and start of the season. And both of them were saying it's it's interesting because with other races you can kind of predict where things are gonna happen. Mm. Like with noise blads, you can predict where things are going to happen, and they're saying that you literally never know which attack is the important attack in in Flanders until it's until it's too and, late. Until like it's you happened. have to just yeah. you have to be at the front, you have to be on your game, you've got to be in a really good position, and you know you've got to be like you say, being in those first thirty riders sounds pretty easy, but it's impossible when you've got like ah. Anyway, I feel like I've said this. I feel like I say it every week, and I feel like I love it every week too. <laughs> Which is, you know, probably very, very true. <laughs> so, um, tons of attacks, tons of little groups. They didn't get away this. They didn't get away this year. But there were what? How many riders were there in the end? In the, uh, in the about end? eleven or twelve riders, I think it was. Um, after uh, a Rabo attack um, that sort of left. Um, so you had Cashinu uh, Doma, Pauline Fran Prevost, Alina Amilusic, Tiff Cromwell. Um, Ellen Van Dyke, Lizzie Armitstead. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember who was there. Emma Johansson. Emma Johansson. Elisa Longo-Borghini. Um, there was a, a couple of... Claudia Ari- Lichtenberg. Yeah, yeah. Annemiek van Vleuten from Orica. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so, I mean, obviously it was a great group. I think, um, you know, it, it, it was the... It, it was very obvious that... that even though the race was staying together longer than it had been, this was the group that's gonna. Yeah. Gonna... Oh, and and we can't forget Bowles because they ended up with um, who do they have? The Ellen Van Dyke, Lizzie Armistead, Megan Guarnier, Chantal Black. Yeah. Like, Bowles did the yeah. Bowles did the same thing they've done all season, which is get literally most of their team into the final break. So you yeah. know it's four riders or five riders 
you know, make it, I mean, geez, it makes it hard to race against them because even, you know, in most situations, most teams are probably pretty happy to get two, maybe three riders into that sort of situation. Um, it's a nightmare then to have to ride against a team that's got like four or five. Yeah. And I mean, we, you, you expect to see that in um, races like uh, Qatar, for example, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or, or energy walk this week, you know, there've been races where we have had like, there've been stages where it's been like all of specialized Lululemon plus, plus, you know, plus three Rab- Rabos plus Emma Johansson. And that's the break, you know, it, it, it's, it's a kind of interesting thing, but you don't expect to see that in Wilders. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a testament to how strong they are. And, and I mean, even with Ellen being out for a couple of weeks, we've broken, you know, broken her rib. You could, it, oh, breaking a rib doesn't slow down Ellen Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. It's uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it was a weird hypothesis to test, but we've put it to the test and the results are in. It doesn't slow her down. Um, unbreakable. Yeah. Yeah. Which is insane. Um, Did you want to run through the end game? The well, end, yeah, so, what happened? so got to the Oda Quaramont and uh, Emma Johansson attacked, which, to be completely honest, took me a little bit by surprise and, and clearly took most of the rest of the, the bunch by surprise because Lizzie Armitstead was the only one who chased her and was the only one who could follow her. Um, it was a, a – I mean, we, we say this over and over and over again, but Emma is a very crafty rider you know, and um, she has a real ability to sort of judge the group. And she's one that I I don't want to say this unfairly because I think there's a real wisdom to it because she often finds herself in a situation where, you know, she's on her own. Um, She's very careful about judging her efforts. And and so that attack was, uh, I thought, a really, really bold move. Um, it's probably a little bit unfortunate for her that Lizzie was able to jump across pretty much straight away because that yeah. certainly makes the dynamic very, very difficult for her. Um, but it was a, a really interesting pair. Oh, really interesting super pair interesting because... pair. But what I found absolutely fascinating was, I mean, obviously, you know, Emma's someone that Lizzie's going to cover. What I found super interesting was that when it became obvious that they were getting a real gap and that the the rest of the group couldn't really chase them or wasn't going to chase them, because obviously no one from Bowles is going to chase and Elise is not going to chase, um, was that Lizzie settled in and, and worked with Emma um, to make sure that they didn't just keep the gap but grew it. And they grew out to about 15 seconds or so. 18 at one point, I think, was was where it really got to. Um, yeah, and, and so you wound up with this really, really, I don't know, it was just a fascinating situation because you know, you know, if it comes to a sprint, you're, you're always going to bet Lizzie, um, you know, if it But they've beaten each other. They've both beaten each other though in sprints. Yeah, yeah, true. But but, so this is the thing, I was trying to work this out when, when they were coming in, I was thinking, well, would I say Lizzie's faster? But then I thought of all the times that Emma had beaten Lizzie. Yeah. So it's. It, it was they're really they're really really interesting and both of them have a hunger an unbelievable i mean everyone's yeah. unbelievable hunger to win this race but for emma it's been on the top of her list ever since she's been racing and she's well, been on the she's been on the podium three times and, and this she is said, her last season exactly her last season and as she said in pre-race interviews this is her home race because she lives right mm. right by this race in belgium you know and Did you- it was just amazing to – I think the other thing that made it such a, a stunning thing for me was that, I mean, how often do you get to see, like, these two riders one-on-one? Like, oh, gorgeous. It's, it's almost and... always a small group dynamic, and so to see the two of them basically just have to go toe-to-toe and, verse it, you know, and, and work it out was super interesting because – 
you know, was one of them going to go for the long attack and hope to make it work? Was Emma just going to sit on Lizzie's wheel for as long as possible? What was going to happen? It was really, really, oh man, I was, I was just fixated. Well, Flanders has been one from a pair a mm. couple of times. Uh, I think the one that hits my mind especially is uh, Judith Arndt getting yep. Kirsten, Kirsten Armstrong uh, in Arndt's last time she won, which I'm going to say is 2009 or 2012. Uh, yeah, 2012 it must have been, I think. And, God, gorgeous. Gorgeous oh. racing. And but Absolutely. Oh, but but these, two, missed... these two just, you know, I mean, Lizzie is, is just in incredible form and is a rider clearly coming into, you know, um, her own, not just as... Not just as the reigning world champ, and not just as a as a, a top rider, but you know you can just see that confidence and that experience really starting to to mm. flourish. And you know she, I I wouldn't even say she's not at the peak of her powers yet, but she's starting to hit that point where she really, you know, spreads her wings and 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 becomes this amazing force in the, in the sport. And she's she there yet. Do you think she can get better? I think she can. Yeah. I don't think she can. I see. I think this is her peak. I think this is. I think this is her. I, I, you know, she she was peaking for she was peaking for Flanders for sure. So her two peaks this season are going to be Flanders and Rio. I think she should be racing Flesh Wallon and she'll want to win Flesh Wallon because she wants to win everything. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Sorry. But oh. this is. But this was her. This is her. This is the. This is the best. You know, this is the top Lizzie. Oh, form. The, I, I think. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. I I was speaking more in a career arc. Yeah, I I agree. I think this is sort of her on her top form this season. What I'm trying to say is, I still think in one or two seasons' time she'll be even better because she's going to have that much more experience and and wisdom and have dealt with that many more race scenarios like this one and 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 that sort of thing. That um, you know, I think she's going to have learned. Although she has been talking about, she has been talking about retiring after Rio. I mean, why you got to shatter my dreams like that? Like, like, what did I do to you? I mean, far out, <laughs> brutal, brutal. I always love. I always like the Australian far out as the, yeah. my favourite euphemism. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think. She, I can't see her. I can't see her doing that, to be honest. But and oh, but don't you miss the opportunity to have Lizzie in this top form versus Mariana? Yes, absolutely, because, you know, and, and that's another situation similar, to, I guess, to what I'm describing where, you know, you've got that, that, that wisdom and race experience of someone like Marianne who, you know, um, you know, you just want to know how much of that's – it just makes for fascinating matchups really is what it comes down to, you know, and, and that's the thing. Like on, on raw numbers, it always looks to me like in, in this matchup that Lizzie would have the edge over Emma, but then in terms of race experience and knowledge and all of that sort of thing, you know that there's tricks that Emma can pull out um, that, that could change things up. And it's, you know, one moment of inattention on Lizzie's part and, and the whole thing could be gone. You know, yeah. and and it was just fascinating watching the two of them sort of work. As I said, the the break got out to about I think it peaked at eighteen seconds, um, and then it slowly started winding in in the last couple of kilometres. And it was really interesting watching the last five kilometres in particular because as it as it ticked down, the gap started to decrease, and you could tell that Lizzie wasn't working as hard, and she was starting to put real pressure on Emma to sort of be like, well, you're either going to work harder or we're going to get caught just before the line. Yes, but let's talk about who is behind them because they had a group technically of nine riders, or eight riders, didn't they, behind Mm. them. 
And the thing about Flanders is after you've got done that Paterberg, Eau de Quaramont pair, you then have a couple of corners, but the run into Aldenada is long and straight. So you can kind of see, the, the, the riders behind have a chance to see where you are in front, but you have a chance to calculate them behind. So there's a group of that eight, and it had Pauline Fran-Provot and Cashin Uadoma from Rabo live, Annemiek van Vleuten from uh, Orica AIS, Orica. Orica, Orica Claudia Lichtenberg from Lotto Sudal. And I am so happy, so happy to see Claudia. Claudia um, is a rider who won the Giro. She won the Tour de Lode, the other, the other Grand Tour. Um, she was always racing while doing her mechanical engineering degree. But in about, I want to say 2011, it might have been before, she had a, or after, she had a hideous, hideous crash where she had a really bad uh, head injury. That it took seemed to take her a couple of years from coming back from. Now, whether it was that or whether she focused on her studies or, you know, getting married and all that sort of thing that she did in that time as well, I'm not sure. But she just hasn't. And also the fact that we've lost lots of climbing races. So, yeah. You know, the race where we'd expect to see Claudia shine, like to load uh, the hilly, the iter- stage race iteration of Giro Trentino just don't exist anymore. But I'm always happy to see her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and she was she was up front in Strade Bianchi, and she was up and she's up front here. And watch out for her at the Emakamin Bira because I think I think Claudia will be. Oh, I think I think she might be back. You know, um, really happy. But then the rest of the group. Yeah, well, exactly. We had Elisa um, from Wiggle back there, and then the rest of the group was Bowls, all Bowls all the yes. time. Yes. So Ellen Van Dyke, Megan Guarnier, and Chantal Black. Yeah. So the chase group, I, I, every time I, every time they flashed to it, it seemed like Cash and was doing incredible work on the front. Mm. But the chase group, so so it was kind of a perfect setup for the two teams because if they got caught, if the, if the two leaders got caught, well they've got riders behind them that they that they back, and they can still go for the bunch sprint. Yeah. But the 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 kind the, the chasers were just. They just had to, I mean, but, like we've talked about the psychological warfare a lot before, yeah, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing. It's the sheer numbers thing because even though Emma's got the, the sort of reassurance of Elisa behind, it, it's still, you know, four versus two. <laughs> and and it's like, oh, fuck, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, that's, that's kind of the devil's choice is you, you can race for the podium and maybe the win, or you can you can play that safe game, but the numbers are really not going to wind up in your favour. So, yeah. you know, can yeah. we just talk about the teams who didn't make that group? Sure. Because what I found fascinating was there was no. I would I would have expected a Canyon Shram rider there mm, mm. for definite, and I don't know whether there. We talked about uh, poor Trixie Warwick has had a kidney removed after yeah. a horrible crash in Trofeo Binder. Basically, she crashed. Apparently. It, she had injuries to her a couple, two or three injuries to her kidney that were just too hard to fix. So yeah. they've taken it out. So I don't know whether it's like it's not that they're not still a strong team, but Trixie is a classics genius. Um, yeah, poor Trixie, heel fast Trixie. But I was really surprised they weren't they weren't up there, and I was really surprised. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that so many bowls got up there, but. I, it was interesting who wasn't there as much as who was there, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it was. It, it always kind of is in a way just to to see um, not just who's firing, but but uh, you know, I guess in a certain way how the the race has sort of um, unfolded. I mean, similarly, it's. It, 
interesting to to me that I mean, not that these are all teams that you would expect to have like a big presence or whatever, but there's enough there's enough riders that. Um, you know, like, well, specifically I'm thinking of high tech and it's not so much that I expect high tech, you know, they're not the biggest team. They're kind of like a, a team that constantly, um, outperforms their size in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, but, you know, um, Lauren Kitchen is such a versatile rider and she's been having such a good run over the last few weeks that, you know, um, and, and I'm not knocking it cause I don't know how her race unfolded, but you know, it's just one of those ones that you sort of note, oh, they didn't make it, you know? Yeah. The other one I want to talk about is silence because yeah. I, I was reading about this because Shelley Olds crashed in, I want to say, Trenta and uh, couldn't – and she had head injuries and neck injuries. Mm-hmm. But then she raced Binder – or maybe she crashed in Strade or I think she crashed in Trenta. And then she raced Binder and crashed again. Uh, she was racing in another race and couldn't, I think, either Binder or and couldn't feel her hands, so had to pull out. So it's like, ah, oh, ah, oh. you know, I mean, I know that cycling is all about hardening the fuck up, but you kind of feel like, yeah. shit, maybe you should have just... I mean, this is why 2016 Olympic year is so hard, because in other years you'd probably say, yeah, let's take a couple of weeks out and get better. But everyone's racing, you know, when you're racing for a place in your national team national, national team yeah. squad in the Olympics. But I just, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know if I admire that or not. And I kind of feel like yeah, I'm it, coming it's... down to the side of you, you take look after yourself. You know, <laughs> don't fuck around with head and neck injuries. Exactly. It's, it's really hard to judge because um you know the people who can tell you the most about it are um you know totally incentivized to keep going <laughs> you know yeah. like like the only person who can tell you whether it hurts or not is the cyclist and they're the one who more than anyone else desperately wants to make that squad so yeah well look yeah. at ellen coming back look at ellen coming back yeah. just three weeks after breaking a rib i mean of craziness like like why you know then i ask myself well why is that hard on the fuck up when it's Ellen and it's what the fuck are you doing when it's shelly and it's yeah it's just because and i mean the reason is because it's working for ellen isn't it and like you say um yeah. yeah if ellen was if ellen was I, I i if ellen was racing and it wasn't working for her but then i kind of feel that bowls have got this is the other thing is that bowls have got so many more options that if they said sorry ellen no no classics for you then they'd still have you know yeah. a, a ton of a ton of, of super strength yeah they'd still have four riders in the finale um you know mm. it's it's crazy but yeah it, it, it was very interesting and it was a really interesting moment in terms of the games between lizzie and emma watching lizzie sort of just ease off the pace a little bit and kind of push emma to make a decision um and then emma to her credit um actually hold her nerve really really well i was super impressed because she didn't get bullied into making a move early but she also knew that to play the numbers well she needed to not let the break you know get caught and she did that really really well i think uh, yeah. yeah were you flashing back to strade when um in Strade, the, the final Strade Bianchi break, it was Cash and Uadoma who'd formed the break and just Lizzie and Emma who were able to come back. Mm. And Lizzie was saying afterwards, you know, Emma was doing no work. Emma yeah, was, you know, yeah. Well, I was, because... I was watching that, yeah, and watching Lizzie sort of not let her get away with it. But then also Emma, you know, sort of forced that a little bit as well. And it was very – it was just – the whole thing was just so interesting because, yeah, exactly that. You could see those sort of little um, – uh, I don't want to say rivalries because that's not the right word, but you know those little 
types of tactics being tried out, you know. Um, and I mean, that's kind of a lot of what that sort of situation is, isn't it? Where, you know, you give a little dig here, you give a little push there, you play this psychological card and you just see what sticks and mm. and just look for any advantage you can get. And um, yeah, it was it was just beautifully done. So the, the gap went all the way down to, by my count, about eight seconds between wow. the, the leaders and the, the chase. And they were inside the final kilometre. Um, I'm not sure of the exact number of meters to go when Emma made her move and, and jumped for the sprint. Um, it was pretty much perfect. I mean, I think if she'd left it any longer, it's not so much the risk of being caught, but the sprint dynamic would have changed significantly. Um, you know, she kind of had to make a move because she couldn't afford to sit and let Lizzie set the the terms at that point. Um, and to her credit, she, uh, I, again, that, that attack, like I said, caught me a little bit by surprise. Her sprint had more power than I thought she actually had left. I was she's, very impressed. She's, she's been really strong. I mean, if you look at Emma's results, yeah. she's come third in uh, Chongming Island, which is pure sprinters race with, yeah. a pure, with a pack of pure sprinters. She's very, she's not, it, it it's it's interesting because although and Lizzie always says that she's not a sprinter and complains about me, you know, says that she doesn't she doesn't be but the but there's a two up. Yeah. I think they were probably more evenly matched than pretty much anyone. I can't you know, it's, uh, it's, maybe maybe if you have Georgia Bronzini versus Kirsten Veald, but it was one of those. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in 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 last week's break for for Hentwell, it was I guess that was quite the same, but you know, if you think about the four that went to the end in Drenta, when it was Chantal Blatt, Gracie Elvin, Trixie Warwick, and the other person whose name I've forgotten, sorry, third, sorry, fourth, right, oh, Anna van der Breger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know that, well, you know that, that Blatt has the best sprint there. Yeah. But this is one of those things where literally they're so perfectly matched. So and... beautifully matched, and, it, and it's that classic question of, is the advantage in going first or is it in jumping quickly? You know, and, mm -hmm. and there's no real way to tell. Like, you just kind of have to, you know, take your chances. And, and you know, that's what she did. And, and Emma, you know, saw a moment to, to make her jump, and she did. Lizzie was onto it pretty much straight away, but, boy, it was a fair sprint for the two of them. And yeah, they're not pure sprinters. So it's not the, the great glory of Kirsten versus Georgia, you know, with the bunch stretched behind them or, or whatever, but, but it was a bloody good sprint. And honestly, right up until about two meters from the line, they were impossible to tell who was, who was going to, to well, get first. Neither of them knew when they finished. Yeah. Neither of them straight away. Which and actually, to be, perfectly honest, to be perfectly honest, that surprised me because I, I called, the gap um, as they cross the line, I thought it was pretty obvious myself. But yeah, but, the, but you know, you're not. I mean, that's the interesting thing too, because you're kind of. The, there was a race last week, Paget Hills Classics, where Mariana Voss won, and people saying, "Oh, you know, she didn't. She she, she didn't even. She was taken by surprise by her win and didn't put her hands in the air." Yeah. But it's like when you're when you're going that hard. Yeah, true. And, you know, you've just got to, you can't think about, you know, the perfect victory salute with absolutely. your, I'm not going to El Pistolero or Mariana Voss putting <laughs> the bow on the flesh, top of the flesh wall on or, yeah. or whatever, you know, people doing all the things that they do. Georgia Rosini doing her heart-shaped salute. There's just no room for that. You just have to go yeah. full gas. And Lizzie's track skills, I'm still saying it's Lizzie's track skills because that bike throw to the line, when you see the photo finish, the positions are completely different. And Lizzie's got that kind of almost triangular shape on the, on, yeah. the, on the line with her, you know, kind of pulling, like, just, ah! Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, yeah, so Lizzie and... won 
I, I think she would have had it anyway, but you're absolutely right. That throw put it beyond dispute. And it was, you know, it was, to to be completely, completely honest, it was a little bit gutting because for me, the fairy tale finish would have been Emma winning. It just would have been, I, yeah. I think, I'd have been in tears if Emma had won, just because, you know, it's her last yeah. year, it's the race, you know, it just means the world. And, and oh, holy shit, that would have just been incredible. But that said, I don't want to take anything away from it. It was a, a, amazing sprint lizzie you know fought well and and you know don't want to take anything away from that and also don't want to take anything away from emma because same thing it was a bloody great fight to the end it was just yeah which is what you want the flanders to be don't you absolutely you want the flanders to be epic legendary yeah yeah and and this is like you were saying you know unexpected race, exactly this race surprises you almost every year you know when it's elisa last year taking a a flyer at 40k to go and everyone going what the fuck and she yeah or, or, or when ellen won when ellen won and um and everyone was like oh well it's fine because she's more of a good tight tt she's got three or four climbs she's got three climbs yeah. to go so they could definitely catch her on the patterberg for sure yeah oops <laughs> exactly. and when you know when when, when Annemiek van vlerten won and it was from a small group with uh antashina had attacked attacked out of a small group and only van vlerten went and everyone else just stuttered a moment because they had voss in the in the in the group with them yeah yeah ah and, so, and, and, yeah so but, i mean that's what you want you want flanders you want flanders to be Absolutely. you want flanders to be special and it and it doesn't it doesn't doesn't disappoint does it not, although not i mean all. i would have i would have i wanted the fairy tale ending too yeah oh, for look, emma but you know and and to just show like how close it was and how well timed that sprint was you know so lizzie and emma cross with you know just under half a wheel distance between them on the same time wow. Chappelle black wins the the sprint among the bunch for third at two seconds so, just you know, just, remember, it was about eight seconds when that sprint started. So to close four seconds in about 600 metres or whatever, you know. Yeah, but I just want to shout out again to Paul, you know, again, the, the kind of bombing down the finishing line with Kasia Nuadoma doing tons and tons and tons of work to try and get Pauline Fran Prevot there. But, but yeah, I, <laughs> did you see the top, the whole top seven is balls and, um, balls and, uh, uh, what they called? Uh, um, damn it! Well, Bolton are, are the top six, and then at seven you've got Anamik for Orica. Um, at eight you've got Pauline for Amprevo. Nine Claudia Lichtenberg, and ten Kasha rounding it out. So yeah, like just, just amazing. Bowls wiggle away. And so, so on the one hand, I was thinking on the one hand, oh well, is that bad for the sport because it looks like they're head and shoulders above everyone else? But then on the other hand, no. How that race panned out was mm. it had to really be that way because. They, they, they just the when you've got like those other four doing all the work, yeah. those four can just stay there and then wait to try and get a third. And tons of lovely photos of lots of laughter and games on the on the podium. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I mean, I do want to, I do want to just talk about the coverage. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just because it was. So a lot of people were telling me during the race, oh, it's great, we we crashed Proximus service. So. Proximus, which is ironically one of the big telecoms and internet companies in Belgium. Oh, really? They were I, going to yeah. have, yeah, they were going to have the. Uh, yeah, well, they feed. had the, the non-geo restricted. Um, it was going to be and, non, non an English language commentary line. Yeah, up and almost from the beginning, like when because they because they started the feed from the start of the race, so you could kind of see little bits of flags waving and empty bleachers and stuff like that, and they. 
and it was it was shonky from the start it was like just just kind of crashing after three minutes and stuff and then it just died completely and people were saying oh well you know this is great it's shown how much of an audience there is that we've crashed the servers and it's like well yeah I used to agree with that back when I was watching the Ronda Van Drenta in 2011 do you know what I mean <laughs> it's 2010 yeah. I, I'm not sure I have happened that but the other thing was was the commentary even when I could see bits of the race they never got the English commentary lined up so poor Rochelle Gilmore and Yosei Bain were in the commentary booth doing the commentating and no one could hear them. Yeah, and they which... were working really hard to try and get the technical problems sorted out because that's just... So it's kind of like, on the one hand, I want to believe that, yay, how exciting. You know, we were so good that we crashed the servers. We had such a big audience, they, they miscalculated it. But on the other hand, it was crap from the beginning. Yeah, it's... it's. I mean, I, I guess that's kind of, you know, the the whole make lemonade out of lemons sort of thing, isn't it? Where, you know, the the most positive takeaway you can make is that, yeah, well, we showed them that they underestimated how popular it would be. But at the same time, you know, yeah, it's 2016. We live in a world with cloud infrastructure where if you've set up your... your you know environments in the in the right way to start with it's not hard to spin up more resources and make sure you can handle the load um yeah. and when the load was crashing when the load was crashing before the coverage had even started yeah exactly it's not like you had no have... warning either um so they they had they had a good hour and a half to kind yeah. of to kind of spot and... the problems and put and when you're when you're actually on a when the website is owned by an internet company an internet and telecoms company yeah that's yeah. That becomes almost unforgivable to me. This well, isn't the and, case and, of sports or, or someone crashing well, a lot. And, or and some... Look, not to put too fine a point on it, but when a fucking pirated feed <laughs> can stay up. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, that, yeah. that someone's put up on, on, on a, a site. You know, I don't want to name names, but, you know, like, like you know, this is shit that someone's doing out of um, principle or whatever. It's not like they're yeah. and then someone else, finance and then organizations someone else, or whatever. Someone not else shoved... And then someone else shoved up the, the NOS feed on YouTube. So, yeah. you know, you could watch. That's the other thing about Proximus was a lot of my friends were saying, what the fuck do I do? I'm on a tablet. So I don't, I'm on my phone. I don't have flash. I can't, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do. Well, this is, this so, is the other one that, that frustrates me is, and I mean, I get that races are owned by organizers and, and they have the rights and, and all that sort of stuff. But this is where it frustrates me that I think the UCI should take a firmer hand in terms of, um, allowing for reciprocal, like like if there's going to be a non-geo restricted feed, the UCI should, you know, in my opinion, insist that it's it's either up to a technical standard that it can be met, or that it is hosted at no additional cost via the UCI's YouTube channel, which we know yeah. can can stream races live with no difficulty because they do yeah. it. So and UCI, yeah, YouTube and YouTube completely understands how to get capacity yeah. because. This, I, I was just so here's the thing and, and I feel I'm gutted for Flanders Classics because, because presumably they paid for this yeah because well, this is the thing is, is that these aren't these broadcasts aren't shown out of the goodness of, of broadcasters hearts they're also they're also funded by the race organisers yeah they're, they're commercial so, decisions Flanders, so I mean presumably then, there's some sort of penalty clauses in their contract and stuff well, you, I hope so I mean especially when they're paying Rochelle and Yose yeah basically talk to dead air all the way through the race, and they don't know what's going on, and they're trying to sort. They were trying to sort out, but what can they do? They're just well, sat also, in the commentary. Well, also, also, their literal job is at that point in time is to do the commentary as if it's all working, because you never know when it's going to come back on. 
Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. You don't want to come on and they're going, what the fuck's going on here? Or they're like laughing over us yeah. having a cup of tea, what, done with a cup of tea or something. Yeah, so I was really disappointed and I'm kind of like, feel slightly justified because a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people, well, like this, I'm at the Energy Water and last year they had live TV coverage every day. Yeah, mm. and they managed it and they're a tiny, tiny race with a budget that's um, for two, you know, they do the women's race and the elite race and they've got a very small budget yeah. uh, relative to a lot of these, like, you know the prize. You know it, it's it's kind of with the prize fund arms war. Well, their budget is less than the top of the prize fund arms war. Oh, I think for running two races. I think that's my other point too. Is that it's not like it's not like you know Ronda van Flanderen is a is a race that's never been televised before. It's the women's edition of the race that's not been televised before. You know, like again, there should have been the institutional knowledge and experience to make sure this didn't happen. And so... I, I'm, I'm sure, like you say, penalty clauses. Yeah. I'm sure. Because yeah. I mean, it, I, I, but I still think that this is why it's a shame that they didn't decide to start with Omloop Het Noisblad or Henrik Wevelgem just so that they could make sure they got it all sorted which so is, it didn't fuck up on Flanders. Which because is a, this it, is the thing, is, yeah, is you end up with people frustrated and angry and completely stressed, or yeah. they just give up and walk away. It's, it is a very good point. But at the same time, again, I go back to my my initial view, and it's, I mean, I know, you know, it might chafe some people who aren't as keen on, on you know, regulatory involvement or whatever but my, my point is more simply that the uci as the governing body of the the sport can simply set the standards it can just say they can't this is... oh yeah but we, yeah yeah no but I, they can I, document i mean this is the thing is it's not that hard to actually go well this is what you need this is what your setup needs to look like and if you if you can't provide that then talk to us and we will work with you to provide it or whatever you know i think it's... you're in utopia i think you're in utopia version of the uci because this year's version of the uci can't even give them guidelines on how to use hashtags for example yeah, well, hey, I didn't. No, I, I see. I disagree. I don't think I'm in utopia. I think I'm in the real world where it can actually be done. I think it's the UCI that's wrong. So, yeah. so yeah. Um, let's talk about other things we liked. I really liked, of course, when they go through Zingham, which is Singham, which is where Emma Johansson lives, and they always go down Emma Johansson's Strasse, where it's all beautifully covered in fantastic. Uh, the, 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 the village comes out and and covers the place with a. Swiss Swedish flags, yep. Swedish flags, Emma, and I love that. Um, I really liked the quote on Cycling News where they were talking to Lizzie and uh, Evie Stevens about how what, what the secret of their success <laughs> is. Lizzie's like, we train all the time, we don't have a social life. Yeah, and then and then Evie, perhaps channeling me, said, and we eat a lot of fucking oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, yeah. So, great. Have you seen the? Have, Sorry, sorry. Can I was going to say, have you seen the wiggle video from from Flanders? No, I was traveling all day yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a great one. Um, I mean, obviously, they're given um, their last couple where they've they've you know had very candid videos about the struggles in the team and and stuff. Um, you know, it it's a great little one because they've got much more to celebrate. But there's there's two beautiful moments um, that I don't want to spoil, but definitely encourage people to watch. Is um, there's this great moment when Elisa talks about um, her read on the race and how the team performed and stuff, and then this is another really really nice moment just towards the end where Egon is um, sort of rehashing you know, content that we'd seen in previous videos where he's, he, and, and where he's expressed his, his frustration that they're just not right yet. And he's, and he's going, 
uh, for the first time this year, I feel like my team is back and this is my team and I couldn't be happier. You worked really hard to the end and you did the plan and, and, you know, and it's just, it's really nice just sort of seeing that, that satisfaction and sense of achievement um, come through. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they've got, I mean, this is the other interesting thing is the spring classics aren't over yet. We're starting oh, yeah. stage racing in Europe, but the spring classics, we've still got a couple of small races, well, smaller races like Borsalet, Omelette van Borsalet, for example, but we've got Flesh Wallon on the 20th of yep. April. And so this is the, <laughs> that's the last of the world tour block of, of spring classics races. <sighs> um, let's just have a quick we'll talk about one of the other races. We had the GP News yesterday, which was a round of the Lotto Cycling Cup. Cobbly, flat. Um, I always just love the fact that what do you do the day after Flanders? You ride more cobbles. <laughs> yeah. uh, it didn't have all the big teams, but it was one in a bunch sprint by Georgia Bronzini. And there's another great wiggle video to go with that. Which is, it's basically how that race has gone the last few years. Bunch sprint, it's, it's... Bronzini. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't win last year, because last year was Roxanne Fournier. Oh, true, true, true. But uh, yes, it is bunch smooth. Actually, but, and and Roxanne, was, Roxanne was third yesterday too, wasn't she? Yeah, Marta, yeah. Marta Bastianelli, um, you may, Marta Bastianelli has, mm. you know, like how you sometimes wonder how, like, how how athletes can write their autobiography. Yeah. And you think, actually, Marta Bastianelli, no, she was a fan, she was a junior world champion. She was Mariana Voss's major rival. She won the road world champs. Then she got a doping ban for a... Um, uh, dieting product then she kind of came back and was pretty anonymous then she had some time off to have a baby then she's come back and reinvented herself as a sprinter and we said this before that when you have an eating disorder which she said that she had and and get done with the dieting products when doping yeah and perhaps coming back as a sprinter is fantastic is the best it's going to make you a much healthier and happier rider but definitely more successful i mean obviously i never condone doping um and i don't condone you know i don't condone it in this case either but it's just i feel like i feel like that that doping ban is sufficiently far enough away that it's i'm not it's not like you know it's not like Did the, the crime so the time it's you know yeah yeah it's just, it's just, yeah. She's, she's, she's back as a sprinter. Mm, and mm. nice to see Italians winning on the cobbly, the cobbly classics. But I guess that that's also a fact of the um, uh, unspring-like weather. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's perfect like... spring-like weather for everyone else. Unspring-like for us. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, also, you wanted to mention uh, we've got mountain bike coming up. Your, your we other do. favorite of. Oh, I can't believe I'm missing. I can't believe I'm going to be Miss Roubaix and mountain biking. Yeah, we've got the first round of the Mountain Bike World Champ World Cup in Lourdes, 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 Lourdes um, in France, which is going to be great. That's downhill and cross country, and it's going to be streamed live on Red Bull Bike. If you've never watched any mountain bike, it's completely fine because the Red Bull Bike coverage is phenomenal. It has some fantastic start. They'll, they'll kind of start off with, if they follow the last year's model, with uh, some helmet cam of the course. They'll talk about who the big names are. They'll talk about the course. They'll talk about what it all means, which is glorious. And then they'll uh, hit the cut. Then they'll, then they'll hit the coverage, all live streamed, all super easy. The with very, 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 very enthusiastic, enthusiastic commentary from Rob Warner, uh, who does sometimes forget himself and swear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
and downhill if you've never watched it before it's adrenaline-tastic it's a very short course so it's 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 really easy to love and the the cross-country race is like no more than an hour maybe maybe no maybe it's longer than that yes it's longer than that sorry but it's it's still really easy to easy to love easy to follow um i recommend it recommend it highly and because red bull are fantastic they also archive it so if you don't manage to watch it live because you're i don't know watching paris roubaix then you can watch it later that evening it's 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 great and i can't i can't love it enough and i think the uci have just announced that they've uh increased their they've 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 carried up their deal with red bull has been increased so yay one day red bull covering women's road racing it's probably not adrenaline enough for them but my dream is that we get red bull doing (laughs) well yeah it would certainly improve the streaming coverage there's no question about that so God, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm amazed that I can actually talk about Flanders without just being like ripping my hair out and going, what the <laughs> fuck, Sam? Well, so, you know, that's the benefit of the racing itself making up for the, the lack of the coverage. So, you know. Uh, yeah, that's the glass half full of approach. The glass half empty approach is fucking hell. The racing was so good. We deserve to see more of it. But I'm seeing racing firsthand this week in yeah. in the beautiful Groningen province of the ne- Netherlands. Uh, we start tomorrow with a teen time trial. There aren't that many TTTs in women's racing. So this is always good, always a good one. And it has a race for the elite women, which is six stages over five days, finishing on the German island of Borkum, which is unbelievably beautiful. Mm. Such a weird landscape, like wind straight off the North Sea, just sandy winds. As, as always, you can uh, you can look to Sarah's Twitter at underscore pigeons underscore. But no, also no, no, managing. Sure. Well, you're also managing the race Twitter, aren't you? I'm going to be on the race Twitter, which is at Ewacht Tour, E-W-A-C-H-T Tour. Um, and you follow it on EWT 16 for the race uh, for the race. And then they've got a junior race, which is so it's been so lovely because the juniors race on the same roads as the elite women. So they get really, really good chance to kind of experience exactly the same thing. And they're, they're, they've got 26 teams, including two teams from Turkey, which I, we were saying, I don't know if I've seen a, a Turkish, Turkish women racing, but this is just like fantastic. Uh, so they've got two teams racing from Turkey and their hashtag is EWTJUN for the junior races. But yeah, I'm going to be doing that kind of stuff for the next week. Um, probably crying about my mobile phone running out of battery <laughs> and not <laughs> mobile coverage and yeah. all of the and, usual stuff. And then an entire peloton of, of women descending on the, the race Wi-Fi when they get to the end of the day. So Oh my god. Yeah, we're staying in pa- we're staying in Pajadal, which is a holiday camp, a Dutch sports holiday camp in, in um, outside Stadskanaar, where one of the stages is is happening. And it's like this this uh, we're staying in little bungalows with uh, you know, with holiday holiday get holiday camp bungalows, and there's a big center which has the swimming pool and the and the, and the dining room is is in a sports hall, and yeah, it has Wi-Fi in the in the bar yeah. and area where you see riders camping out. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of it's a really it's a really nice place. I'll be putting up stuff on my Twitter as well, um, and on my Flickr, and I'll be trying to get some interviews. I'm going to set up a race SoundCloud, that kind of thing. But make sure you follow them because they're lovely. And also watch the Redlands Bicycle Classic. Yeah, you can Redlands. follow energy. Yeah, sorry, yes. Follow energy. You can follow energy. 
follow energy Wakata in the daytime from Twitter and then in, in the evening European time or in the daytime if you're in North America or probably in the middle of the night in Australia I'm never yep. quite sure then you can watch the Redlands Bicycle Classic on their website and that's a it's I think it's the oldest running uh, women's race uh, old race and it's got stuff for women it's got stuff for men it's got side races for for tons of children's age races it's got paracycling it's, it's just, got festivals it's just lots of fun because it is it's a real festival so yeah north carolina they're um five hours behind uh, the uk six hours behind europe and insert australian time conversions here <laughs> 16 hours behind australia yeah yeah uh, if you're in Sydney. Um, speaking of Americans and, and stuff, um, sad to hear that um, Catherine Bettine, who is riding for Silence but was actually guest riding for Sonora Speed Bikes in La Paz, Mexico, was caught up in a crash at the Volta Femenil Internacional um, and had serious head injuries and a broken collarbone. Uh, about 25 riders were caught up in the in the crash, but Catherine's the one who suffered the serious injury. So she's out of intensive care, but she's still in hospital. So I hope she has a speedy recovery. Yeah, heal fast. Heal fast, Catherine. Mm. And yeah, so we'll be back next week and we'll talk about the uh, women's, about energy water. I'll tell you what it was like in, in real life, uh, what it's like in the rain. And um, please hope that it doesn't rain tomorrow afternoon for us for the TTT because it would be nice to have that in the dry, but then it can rain as much as it likes. And we'll also be talking about the Imakamine Bira because immediately energy water finishes almost. There's a kind of couple of days break and then the Imakamine Bira uh, starts in its new slot. Uh, I think it's the 13th to the 16th yep. of April. But the last stage of a Macamimbira is live. This is Basque mountain climbing races, also very rainy and really exciting that that's streamed live. I'll tell you how to watch it next week. But yeah, make sure you watch them too because it's nice. It's we've had, we've yeah, and then we just work up to Fleshwell on, and I'll, yeah, exactly. I'll do some. I'll do some live commentating based on Twitter for Flesh Will On, but uh, which is my thing this year. But yeah, it's <laughs> when I have a special guest, I've no idea if I can get my tech to work. <laughs> what new tech disaster can I have? Well, you know, and in and around that, um, check out the site prowomenscycling.com for um, updates and, and whatnots. Um, and of course, uh, when she's not running Ewok tour, you can hit Sarah at underscore pigeons underscore. You can find me on Twitter at Dan W official and, um, yeah, we'll talk to you again shortly. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us, but we probably need to get going before Sarah's battery runs right out. And <laughs> before Dan has to get up at stupid o'clock to fly off for work. <laughs> I can, Actually, I have to get up early enough that I could watch Redlands Classic if it was on tomorrow. <laughs> oh, poor Daniel. I feel your pain. I'm actually thinking, I'm half thinking of, not just, of just not going to sleep, but, you know, then I've got to work until oh. a hard day. Ah! Enough whinging. <laughs> have a great day people